this is the in focus podcast from the hindu welcome to the in focus podcast my name is jayan shriram and i'm your host for today over the next couple of episodes we turn our attention to the coronavirus emergency in the country and we look at the crucial question of medical supplies on almost all fronts now the country seems to be grappling with major shortages but even as we are looking to ramp up domestic production to battle the crisis over the weekend various countries around the world have expressed support and have pledged to send urgent medical aid what can we expect over the next week or so and what are the critical areas that the government hopes to address we'll get the details in this episode from the hindu's national and diplomatic affairs editor suhasini haider suhasini thank you so much for joining us on the podcast again today thank you jain right uh, so this is let's just start by uh, recapping um, you know over the past couple of days india has uh, received many uh, expressions of support from uh, other countries um many of these countries are now expected to be sending us crucially needed medical supplies so let's just do a recap where which are the major supplies coming in what are we expecting over the next few days well jain um, just to clarify the government's basically been in talks um through their embassies through the indian embassies in about 12 to 15 countries and what they're really looking for is uh, oxygen related supplies as well as pharmaceuticals that will help them tide over the current crisis because uh, there is an expectation that india will be able to ramp up its own a uh, production distribution of oxygen as well as pharmaceuticals in the next few weeks uh, as well as vaccines but for the moment what they're hoping to do is procure these supplies from these foreign countries uh, many of them are coming as commercial consignments in fact a lot of them are coming as commercial consignments so they're really between private companies in india or public sector undertakings in india and the suppliers in other countries some of them will come as grants uh, and the government is essentially ex- expecting uh, to hear back uh, with you know concrete uh, plans and proposals from various governments including australia from uh, germany from russia uh, from the uk the us is expected to make its announcements as well uh, we've also seen a lot of commercial shipments now coming from china particularly of concentrators so i should just to clarify um, you know the government's official position is that we are not requesting aid um, which but al- although the indications are that you know we are accepting i don't know what else to uh how else to describe these uh, these supplies um that foreign countries are you know pledging to send us so you know can you just clarify that for us what is the government's position what is this issue of uh, aid or otherwise well you know since the tsunami the indian position has been that india is an aid uh, donor not a recipient and therefore it is not going to appeal make appeals after calamities uh, for international aid of any kind um we saw even during the kerala floods crisis the government actually saying no uh to offers of uh, particularly cash donations uh from the gulf and other countries um and in this case too the government is saying there are some exceptional decisions being made because uh, owing to the uh, the crisis the coronavirus pandemic and and the unprecedented nature of what we're seeing um but 
uh, but essentially the position stays. So let's just take a look at what we're expecting uh, from various countries. We've already seen uh, oxygen containers, for example, coming from Singapore over the weekend. That was a commercial deal for leasing, which was airlifted. They were airlifted by the Indian Air Force. Uh, the Indian Air Force has also sent in C-17s uh, to Dubai. They're expected to airlift. Uh, uh, they've ex uh, already airlifted six and they're going to airlift another six uh, cryogenic oxygen containers uh, from the UAE. And these are for the Adani Group. A German company is expecting to ship 24 more of these containers. Um, from Australia, we are expecting to see uh, supplies, uh, perhaps of oxygen, as we saw from Saudi Arabia, which will essentially be shipping uh, consignments. Uh, as well as non-invasive ventilators and pharmaceuticals. Um, from Russia, India is expecting in, in, in terms of a grant, uh, but is, is looking in particular for oxygen concentrators, is looking uh, for pharmaceuticals like remdesivir, like uh, favipiravir, um, and, and, and others that are really needed in India right now. So you're seeing uh, that there's a wide swathe from China as well, from Hong Kong, 800 oxygen concentrators were flown in. These are all commercial deals. People are putting in, uh, 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 putting in, uh, you know, bookings for uh, equipment from various parts of the world. They're coming in to India either to private concerns or to consortiums or to people who want them for uh, distribution in India. Um, so it, it's it's a whole wide range of these consignments that are coming in from all over. The government insists that none of them are really part of foreign aid. Uh, and in fact, they're saying that if they get specific offers of donations, they're going to route them uh, through the Indian Red Cross, not through the government. Right. Yeah. Um, so one aspect that I wanted to touch on there is that um, there was some delay with the U.S. actually um, expressing support, not expressing support, but kind of clarifying this issue of um, sending sending supplies, freeing up um, exports of raw materials for the Covishield vaccine, and that uh, that met with some. There were some strong statements from within the U.S. Uh, kind of putting pressure on the government there, and then the, we saw a flurry of statements over the weekend. So let's just kind of put this in context because I think we, um, you know, in India expected a lot because the a, a big part of the the first Quad meeting was about this cooperation on vaccines. And then there seemed to be this kind of uh, block from the US. So, you know, what's really going on there? Absolutely, um, Ajayat, and it's, uh, you know, taken up a lot of uh, airspace as well as headlines. Uh, and the truth is that the expectation from India, from the US, is much bigger, A, because of the bilateral relationship, B, because, as you mentioned, on a multilateral level, India and the U.S. are supposed to be cooperating together on the coronavirus pandemic effort. And then because of how India actually reacted to U.S. requests for help. Remember when U.S. President Donald Trump almost seemed to threaten that the U.S. wanted to take HCQ stocks from India. It must revoke its ban. India actually sent them as a grant. They sent HCQ supplies around the world. Um, so there was an expectation that when India actually said it is in need of help and very specific bits of help, right? Uh, so there's this oxygen equipment that India needs. Uh, there are these specific uh, uh, drugs that India normally is able to uh, actually uh, produce itself, but it needs to ramp up that production. So in the meanwhile, they're asking for these drugs and for vaccines, any extra vaccines. Uh, with the U.S., there was a particular desire for the U.S. to provide these vaccine ingredients um, for uh, COVID vaccine, 
one of the vaccines being produced in India also for the Kofi Shield. Um, so there was a whole range of expectations from the U.S. And the first reaction of the U.S. from its State Department spokesperson was essentially that the U.S. would continue to prioritize its domestic demand. And that, in fact, in, in their own words, uh, the, uh, that, that taking care of Americans or, uh, or catering to American needs was, in fact, uh, a part of uh, of dealing with the global demand and so it was uh, what they said was in 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 the world's interests if american interests were taken care of clearly that didn't go down very well in india and the expectations as i said were huge um but the us has uh, very quickly turned around on uh, any kind of belief that the U.S. was being insensitive to India. Uh, we've seen statements being made from the U.S. president, the vice president, secretary of state, the national security advisor called NSAIG Doval to speak about what uh, the U.S. plans to do. Uh, we've heard from the Surgeon General, the uh, U.S. ambassador to the U.N., uh, and practically all the other top leadership there in the U.S., saying they are committed to helping India out. We are expecting a very concrete um, announcement on what the U.S. will do, but we basically are expecting uh, on the basis of what we are already asking other countries to provide, uh, in, uh, as well as, as I said, those vaccine ingredients uh, that the U.S. had so far been withholding because of its own uh, domestic needs and the invocation of what it calls the Defense Production Act, DPA. Right. Um, and just to push you on one other larger point. So, Asni, you did, um, you, you've spoken in your in your video series, Worldview, which I think we linked to along uh, with, uh, with this podcast, on um, how India's vaccine diplomacy has kind of gone wrong in a way, you know, because we, as you mentioned, we, when the, when the pandemic started, India was kind of quick to respond to calls from other countries to provide to provide vaccines, to provide other essential supplies. And now, um, given the situation that we are in, that uh, the kind of diplomatic stance that we have on this seems to have gone a bit wrong. Do you want to kind of expand on that? Well, I think, uh, Jayant, if you look at the broader details of what is happening in India, it is clearly a huge crisis in India. India is today uh, seeing three and a half uh, lakh new cases a day. Uh, we are seeing an unprecedented number of deaths. Uh, and uh, we're seeing right in the national capital, a complete uh, mismanagement, if you like, and certainly a, 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 a crushing shortage of hospital beds, of oxygen supplies, of medicines that are required, even testing is taking days. Uh, clearly, this situation uh, could have been at least expected if there was enough preparations for this second wave of coronavirus. So there's a lot of anger in India about uh, several things. One, uh, the lack of preparation and the lack of ramping up India's own uh, capabilities uh, ahead of uh, this kind of a wave. Uh, the second is really the kind of... Um, uh, you know, statements that went out from the Indian government, it seemed to send the wrong message abroad, which was essentially to say that uh, India had defeated the coronavirus. This is something Prime Minister Modi said at the Davos conference. He repeated it in Parliament in, in, in early February as well. Um, so there, there was this uh, false sense of uh, complacency that India is now being accused of that allowed for big gatherings, for campaign rallies, for religious processions uh, to be allowed uh, in the country. And, and that is being blamed 
for some of the crisis. The, the, the final part, part to that, and I think that's what you were asking about, is should India have exported vaccines the way it did? Uh, now, certainly a case can be made for India to supply vaccines to its neighboring countries because any ca- pandemic in the region if, if eventually affects India as well. And it is a, a collective problem over here. Uh, but the question is that while India had not assessed its own needs enough, uh, it began to export. Some of it, of course, was contractual obligations, but no country really uh, will will uh, necessarily look at those contractual obligations if it has a domestic crisis. And the question being asked is when India was sending out 66.5 million vaccine doses to 95 countries around the world, should there have been the kind of assessment that is being made, for example, in the United States or in Australia, where the U.S. says essentially taking care of our citizens is part of uh, uh, taking care of the world. Uh, And similarly, India, as the second most populous country, is being asked that maybe uh, Indian citizens should have been prioritized when it came to vaccines. And if they had been prioritized from January onwards, uh, that there would be by now a greater amount of immunity and perhaps a lesser amount of crisis in the country. Obviously, all of this is hindsight. Um, But there are questions that are going around about how India should have prepared and also, of course, about how it must prepare for the future as well. Right. So just to wrap this up, so Asni, what are we expecting in the next week and what is the government's priority? I think what the government is essentially saying is what they what they're seeing right now is a crisis that can be managed if India is able to um, uh, ramp up its own capacities. So uh, not just the capacity for oxygen, but the distribution capacity, because one place which where um, our capacities have been found lacking is really the procurement of oxygen containers to transport oxygen from various states to the states that need it the most, like Delhi, like Maharashtra and others. Um, So the government is hoping to see those containers come in. They are hoping to see enough drugs come in. One is, of course, um, uh, remdesivir, then there's faviparivir, there's other uh, drugs that are now part of the health protocol um, that are being given in hospitals uh, that they are hoping to see come in and and, and really uh, enter the market straight away. Because one of the big concerns has been that a, a, a sort of false sense of shortage has been uh, has led to panic buying, to hoarding in the market, as well as to uh, astronomical black market rates for all of these drugs. So if they're able to bring a steady supply into the market, they can do away with these problems. Uh, and as I said, they're looking uh, to bring in oxygen generators. Now, they are in discussions for generators that would cater to, say, 10 people, would cater to individuals, and would cater to as much as 200 people. So some of the smaller hospitals can be catered to as well. Uh, the, the, the belief is that if in the next week they're able to pump in enough of these uh, into the the situation where it's where it's the worst, and perhaps some of the states that where we are now seeing a spike in coronavirus cases, that they will be able to prepare better for the next few weeks until a peak is reached and uh, they are able to flatten the curve, as they call it. 
Right. And um, any any particular idea again as to what uh, what what supplies are expected from the US in particular? I think the United States is being asked for a number of things, um, but very specifically, they are looking at uh, sending out um, uh, they're they're looking at sending out these vaccine ingredients that they have spoken about, where the National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan said that they have identified these ingredients they will be sending to uh, India. Uh, there will be all kinds of aid, immediate uh, medicines. Remember, Remdesivir, which is in short supply in India, is uh, uh, is patented by, developed by Gilead in the U.S. And there is a hope that India will be able to lift direct stocks from there. Um, uh, we're also expecting them to send out public health team consultants in how to deal with the pandemic. Now, these are obviously more long-term uh, um, uh, expectations, uh, but the U.S. is expected to announce a larger package of what it uh, plans to do. All right. So, Asni, we'll wrap up this episode here. Thank you so much for joining us once again on the podcast. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. In Focus, we'll be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by The Hindu. We'll see you soon.